Chapter 10, verses 14 through 30 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 14 through 21. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known by mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil, and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Chrysostom. Two evil persons have been mentioned, one that kills and robs the sheep, another that doth not hinder, the one standing for those movers of sedition, the other for the rulers of the Jews, who did not take care of the sheep committed to them. Christ distinguishes himself from both, from the one who came to do hurt by saying, I am come that they might have life, from those that overlook the rapine of the wolves, by saying that he giveth his life for the sheep. Wherefore he saith again, as he said before, I am the good shepherd, and as he had said above, that the sheep heard the voice of the shepherd and followed him, that no one might have occasion to ask, What sayest thou then of those that believe not? He adds, And I know my sheep, and am known of mine. As Paul too saith, God hath not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Gregory, as if he said, I love my sheep, and they love and follow me. For he who loves not the truth is as yet very far from knowing it theophylact hence the difference of the hireling and the shepherd the hireling does not know his sheep because he sees them so little the shepherd knows his sheep because he is so attractive to them chrysostom then that thou mayest not attribute the shepherd and the sheep the same measure of knowledge he adds as the father knoweth me even so know I the Father, i.e., I know him as certainly as he knoweth me. This, then, is a case of like knowledge. The other is not. As he saith, no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father. Gregory, and I lay down my life for my sheep, as if to say, this is why I know my Father, and am known by the Father, because I lay down my life for my sheep i.e., by my love for my sheep, I show how much I love my father. Chrysostom. He gives it, too, as a proof of his authority. In the same way, the apostle maintains his own commission in opposition to the false apostles by enumerating his dangers and sufferings. Theophylact. For the deceivers did not expose their lives for the sheep, but like hirelings deserted their followers. Our Lord, on the other hand, protected his disciples. Let these go their way. Gregory. 
But as he came to redeem not only the Jews, but the Gentiles, he adds, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Augustine. The sheep hitherto spoken of are those of the stock of Israel, according to the flesh. But there are others of the stock of Israel, according to faith. Gentiles, who are yet out of the fold, predestined, but not yet gathered together. They are not of this fold, because they are not of the race of Israel, but they will be of this fold. Them also I must bring. Chrysostom. What wonder that these should hear my voice and follow me, when others are waiting to do the same. Both these flocks are dispersed and without shepherds, for it follows, and they shall hear my voice. And then he foretells their future union, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Gregory. Of two flocks he maketh one fold, uniting the Jews and Gentiles in his faith. Theophylact. For there is one sign of baptism for all, and one shepherd, even the word of God. Let the Manichaean mark, there is but one fold and one shepherd set forth both in the Old and New Testaments. Augustine. What does he mean when he says, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel? Only that, whereas he manifested himself personally to the Jews, he did not go himself to the Gentiles, but sent others. Chrysostom. The word must here, I must bring, does not signify necessity, but only that the thing would take place. Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. They had called him an alien from his father, Augustine, i.e., because I die to rise again. There is great force in I lay down. Let not the Jews, he says, boast. Rage they may, but if I should not choose to lay down my life, what will they do by raging? Theophylact. The Father does not bestow his love on the Son as a reward for the death he suffered in our behalf, but he loves him as beholding in the begotten his own essence, whence proceeded such love for mankind. Chrysostom. Or he says, in condescension to our weakness, Though there were nothing else which made me love you, this would, that ye are so loved by my Father, that by dying for you I shall win his love. Not that he was not loved by the Father before, or that we are the cause of such love. For the same purpose he shows that he does not come to his passion unwillingly. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Augustine wherein he showed that his natural death was not the consequence of sin in him, but of his own simple will, which was the why, the when, and the how. I have the power to lay it down. Chrysostom. As they had often plotted to kill him, he tells them their efforts will be useless unless he is willing. I have such power over my own life that no one can take it from me against my will. This is not true of men. We have not the power of laying down our own lives, except we put ourselves to death. Our Lord alone has this power, and this being true, it is true also that he can take it again when he pleases. And I have power to take it again, which words declare beyond a doubt a resurrection. 
that they might not think his death a sign that God had forsaken him. He adds, This commandment have I received from my father, i.e., to lay down my life and take it again, by which we must not understand that he first waited to hear this commandment and had to learn his work. He only shows that that work which he voluntarily undertook was not against the father's will, Theophylact. He only means his perfect agreement with his father, Alcun, for the word doth not receive a command by word, but containeth in himself all the father's commandments. When the son is said to receive what he possesseth of himself, his power is not lessened, but only his generation declared. The father gave the son everything in begetting him. He begat him perfect. Theophylact, after declaring himself the master of his own life and death, which was a lofty assumption, he makes a more humble confession, thus wonderfully uniting both characters, showing that he was neither inferior to or a slave of the father on the one hand, nor an antagonist on the other, but of the same power and will. Augustine, how doth our Lord lay down his own life? Christ is the word in man, i.e. in soul and body. Doth the word lay down his life and take it again, or doth the human soul, or doth the flesh? If it was the word of God that laid down his soul and took it again, that soul was at one time separated from the word. But though death separated the soul and body, death could not separate the word and the soul. It is still more absurd to say that the soul laid down itself if it could not be separated from the word. How could it be from itself? The flesh, therefore, layeth down its life and taketh it again, not by its own power, but by the power of the word which dwelleth in it. This refutes the Apollarians, who say that Christ had not a human rational soul. Alcune. But the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a division among the Jews for these sayings, and many of them said, He hath a devil and is mad. Chrysostom. Because he spoke as one greater than man, they said, He has a devil. But that he had not a devil, others proved from his works. Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? as if to say, not even the words themselves are those of one that hath a devil. But if the words do not convince you, be persuaded by the works. Our Lord, having already given proof who he was by his works, was silent. They were unworthy of an answer. Indeed, as they disagreed among themselves, an answer was unnecessary. Their opposition only brought out for our imitation our Lord's gentleness and long-suffering. Alcuin, we've heard the patience of God, and of salvation preached amid revilings. They obstinately preferred tempting him to obeying him. Verses 22 through 30. And it was at Jerusalem the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him, and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. 
the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Augustine. And it was at Jerusalem the feast of the dedication. In Carcinia is the feast of the dedication of the temple, from the Greek word kenon, signifying new. The dedication of anything new was called insinia. Chrysostom. It was the feast of the dedication of the temple after the return from the Babylonish captivity. Alcune. Or it was in memory of the dedication under Judas Maccabeus. The first dedication was that of Solomon in the autumn, the second that of Zerubbabel, and the priest Jesus in the spring. This was in winter time. Bede. Judas Maccabeus instituted an annual commemoration of this dedication. Theophylact. The evangelist mentions the time of winter to show that it was near his passion. He suffered in the following spring, for which reason he took up his abode at Jerusalem. Gregory. Or because the season of cold was in keeping with the cold, malicious hearts of the Jews. Chrysostom. Christ was present with much zeal at this feast, and thenceforth stayed in Judea, his passion being now at hand. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Alcune. It is called Solomon's porch because Solomon went to pray there. The porches of the temple are usually named after the temple. If the Son of God walked in a temple where the flesh of brute animals was offered up, how much more will he delight to visit our house of prayer, in which his own flesh and blood are consecrated? Theophylact, be thou also careful in the winter time, i.e., while yet in this stormy, wicked world, to celebrate the dedication of thy spiritual temple, by ever renewing thyself, ever rising upward in heart. Then will Jesus be present with thee in Solomon's porch, and give thee safety under his covering. But in another life no man will be able to dedicate himself. Augustine. The Jews, cold in love, burning in their malevolence, approached him not to honor but to persecute. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. They did not want to know the truth, but only to find ground of accusation. Chrysostom. Being able to find no fault with his works, they tried to catch him in his words and mark their perversity when he instructs by his discourse. They say, What sign showest thou? When he demonstrates by his works, they say, If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Either way, they are determined to oppose him. There is great malice in that speech. Tell us plainly. He had spoken plainly, when up at the feasts, and hid nothing. They preface, however, with flattery. How long dost thou make us to doubt? as if they were anxious to know the truth, but really only meaning to provoke him to say something that they might lay hold of. Alcune. They accuse him of keeping their minds in suspense and uncertainty, who had come to save their souls. 
Augustine, they wanted our Lord to say, I am the Christ. Perhaps as they had human notions of the Messiah, having failed to discern his divinity in the prophets, they wanted Christ to confess himself the Messiah of the seed of David, that they might accuse him of aspiring to the regal power. Alcune, and thus they intend to give him into the hands of the proconsul for punishment, as an usurper against the emperor. Our Lord so managed his reply as to stop the mouths of his calumniators, open those of the believers, and to those who inquired of him as a man, reveal the mysteries of his divinity. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Chrysostom, he reproves their malice for pretending that a single word would convince them, whom so many words had not. If you do not believe my works, he says, how will you believe my words? And he adds why they do not believe. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. Augustine, he saw that they were persons predestined to eternal death, and not those for whom he had bought eternal life, at the price of his blood. The sheep believe and follow the shepherd. Theophylact. After he had said, Ye are not of my sheep, he exhorts them to become such. My sheep hear my voice, Alcune, i.e., obey my precepts from the heart and I know them, and they follow me, here by walking in gentleness and innocence, hereafter by entering the joys of eternal life, and I give unto them eternal life. Augustine, this is the pasture of which he spoke before, and shall find pasture. Eternal life is called a goodly pasture, the grass thereof withereth, not all is spread with verdure. But these cavillers thought only of this present life, and they shall not perish eternally, as if to say, Ye shall perish eternally, because ye are not of my sheep. Theophylact. But how then did Judas perish? Because he did not continue to the end. Christ speaks of them who persevere. If any sheep is separated from the flock and wanders from the shepherd, it incurs danger immediately. Augustine and he adds why they do not perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Of those sheep of which it is said, the Lord knoweth them that are his. The wolf robbeth none, the thief taketh none, the robber killeth none. Christ is confident of their safety, and he knows what he gave up for them. Hilary, this is the speech of a conscious power, yet to show that though of the divine nature he hath his nativity from God, he adds, My Father which gave me them is greater than all. He does not conceal his birth from the Father, but proclaims it. For that which he received from the Father, he received in that he was born from him. He received it in the birth itself, not after it, though he was born when he received it. Augustine the Son, born from everlasting of the Father, God from God, has not equality with the Father by growth, but by birth. This is that greater than all which the Father gave him, viz., to be his word, to be his only begotten Son, to be the brightness of his light. 
Wherefore no man taketh his sheep out of his hand, any more than from his father's hand. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. If by hand we understand power, the power of the Father and the Son is one, even as their divinity is one. If we understand the Son, the Son is the hand of the Father, not in a bodily sense, as if God the Father had limbs, but as being he by whom all things were made. Men often call other men hands when they make use of them for any purpose, and sometimes a man's work is itself called his hand, because made by his hand, as when a man is said to know his own hand, when he recognizes his own handwriting. In this place, however, hand signifies power. If we take it for son, we shall be in danger of imagining that if the father has a hand, and that hand is his son, the son must have a son too. Hilary, the hand of the son is spoken of as the hand of the father. To let thee see by a bodily representation that both have the same nature, that the nature and virtue of the father is in the son also. Chrysostom, then that thou mayest not suppose that the father's power protects the sheep, while he is himself too weak to do so, he adds, I and my father are one. Augustine, mark both those words, one and are, and thou wilt be delivered from Scylla and Charybdis. In that he says, one the Arian, and we are the Sibylian, is answered, there are both father and son, and if one, then there is no difference of persons between them. Augustine, we are one, what he is, that I am, in respect of essence, not of relation. Hilary, the heretics, since they cannot gainsay these words, endeavor by an impious lie to explain them away. They maintain that this unity is unanimity only, a unity of will, not of nature, i.e., that the two are one, not in that they are the same, but in that they will the same. But they are one, not by any economy merely, but by the nativity of the Son's nature. Since there is no falling off from the Father's divinity in begetting him, they are one, whilst the sheep that are not plucked out of the Son's hand are not plucked out of the Father's hand. Whilst in him working, the Father worketh. Whilst he is in the Father, and the Father in him. This unity, not creation, but nativity, not will, but power, not unanimity, but nature accomplisheth. But we deny not, therefore, the unanimity of the Father and the Son. For the heretics, because we refuse to admit concord in the place of unity, accuse us of making a disagreement between the Father and Son. We deny not unanimity, but we replace it on the ground of unity. The Father and Son are one in respect of nature, honor, and virtue, and the same nature cannot will different things. End of chapter 10, verses 14 through 30.